my guest. I was bringing them all in. <laughs> I know there's a couple missing, but they'll float in here. You know, we're only a week, one week away from Easter. Who's still got Easter spirit? Resurrection Sunday. Yep, that's what I'm saying. We've got, uh, we're so blessed. We're so blessed to be here. Every, every Sunday we get to be here. You know, down at the core, John 3.16, that God gave his only son. So, as everybody rolls in here, we're going <coughs> to... Let me we'll take over for a Why moment. Take over for me today. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's uh, let's usher the rest of those folks out of that fellowship hall. Put down the coffee and the donuts and get in the sanctuary. We're about to have some church. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Here comes the late donut eaters. We want to welcome everyone that's joined us by live stream this morning. Everybody, turn around. And wave at the camera. Say, glad you're here this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Well, now that everybody's about seated down, uh, let's uh, get on our feet and we'll go to the Lord in prayer. Everybody say, hallelujah. hallelujah. Are you glad to be here this morning? Glory to God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful day. Father, I especially thank you for the 60 degree weather and sun shining. It's so beautiful outside. I just wish we had time to just move everything out there, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you for the wonderful Holy Spirit, and we turn this service over to the Holy Spirit right now. You have your way in this place, Lord. Touch the hearts of your people and show them your glory. Show them who you are, Lord God. And help us in our lives, Father God, as we go through these times that's happening on this earth, Lord God. There's a lot of trying times happening on the earth. Help us through it, Father. And we'll give you all praise and all glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. No, stand up for praise and worship. Sorry. carried a burden for too long on my own and I wasn't created to bear it alone I hear your invitation to let it all go well I see it now Laying it down, I know that I need you. Run to the Father, fall into grace. Done with the hiding, reason to wait. My heart needs a surgeon, soul needs a friend. So run to the Father. Again and again and again and again. Oh, 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 oh. 
condition Had a plan from the start Your son for redemption The prize for my heart And I don't have a context For that kind of love Don't understand Can't comprehend All I know is I need you Run to the Father I fall into grace I'm done with the hiding No reason to wait My heart needs a surgeon My soul needs a friend So run to the Father Again and again And again and again Oh, oh Again and again And again and again has been in your sights long before my first breath running into your arms running to life from death and I feel this rush deep in my chest your mercy is calling out just as I am, you pull me in. I know I need you now. Run to the Father, fall into grace. Done with the hiding, reason to wait. My heart needs a surgeon, my soul needs a friend. So run to the Father again and again. Oh, I've run to the Father, I fall into grace. I'm done with the hiding, no reason to wait. My heart found a surgeon, my soul found a friend. So run to the Father again and again and again and again. Great are you, Lord. 
all together. I'll start us out. It's your breath in our
belongs to you only. I love that song because that song is just utter, just sheer praise. And you know what? Y'all sounded really good singing, by the way. It does, uh, so selfishly, it, it makes us actually quite happy when everybody sings along with us because it drowns out Scott's voice. We're not the only ones it makes happy. Count on one thing The same God who never fails Will not fail me now You won't fail me now In the waiting The same God who's never late Is working all things out Working all things out Yes, I will lift you up in the lowest valley, and yes, I will bless your name. Oh, yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy and hold my days. Oh, yes, I will. God who never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God who's never late, working all things out. Working all things out. Oh yes, I will lift you up in the lowest valley. And yes, I.
Y'all did good singing. You know, um, and I'll be the first to admit, I'm probably one of the worst at this, but, um, you know, as Christians, we, we kind of have a calling to, you know, th- this next song is called Speak Life, you know, and so there's a, uh, to me, I think there's a broader meaning of it. You know, it's our words, it's our actions, um, you know, when we go out into the world and we leave this building, you know, we need to be the image, you know, f- for, um, for Jesus to, for other people that are struggling with it or, you know, confused or whatever it may be, they need to be, be able to look at us and hear our words and our actions. And I'm terrible at it. I'll be the first one to say it is like, even when even at work, you know, I know we've talked about that, you know, you, you hear conversations and, you know, it's a perfect opportunity to step in and, and kind of provide a light to that, you know, but instead we kind of tend to shy away from it, which I'm guilty of it. Um, you know, I know Preston and I have tried to really do that or really make a point to do it at the house um, with, with Sawyer and, and Ruby. But, um, you know, I, I think we've got to really, especially nowadays, I mean, we've got to really find a way to present what we believe and what guides us on a daily basis so others can, you know, be drawn in. Some days life feels perfect, other days it just ain't working. The good, the bad, the right, the wrong, everything in between. Well, though it's crazy, amazing, we can turn our heart with the words we say. Mountains crumble with every syllable, hope to live or die. So speak life, speak life to the deadest, darkest night. Speak life, speak life. When the sun won't shine and you don't know why Look into the eyes of the broken hearted Watch it come alive As soon as you speak hope You speak love You speak Speak life Whoa, oh, 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 speak life Some days the tongue gets twisted other days my thoughts just fall apart I do, I don't, I will, I won't It's like I'm drowning in the deep Well though it's crazy, amazing We can turn our heart with the words we say Mountains crumble with every syllable Hope can live or die So speak life, speak life To the deadest, darkest night Speak life, speak life when the sun won't shine and you don't know why Look into the eyes of the broken hearted Watch them come alive and soon You speak hope, you speak love, you speak Speak life Whoa, oh, 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 you speak life Whoa, oh, oh, oh Lift your head a little higher, spread the love like fire. Hope will fall like rain when you speak life with the words you say. Raise your thoughts a little higher, 
Use your words to inspire. Joy will fall like rain when you speak life with the words you say. Lift your head a little higher. Spread the love like fire. Hope will fall like rain when you speak life with the words you speak. So speak life, speak life to the deadest, darkest night. Speak life, speak life when the sun won't shine and you don't know why. Look into the eyes of the brokenhearted. Watch them come alive as soon as you speak hope. You speak love, you speak. You speak life. Whoa, oh, 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 you speak life. Whoa, oh, 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 oh. Ronnie gave a little extra. <laughs> Everybody say, speak life. Speak life. Ooh, glory. Hallelujah. Wasn't that good? Yeah. I don't know. I never turned around. I don't see what y'all doing. <laughs> Amen. I can't help but move him when, I get, when the Holy Ghost gets on me, praise God. Hallelujah. Well, take a, two minutes maximum. Yeah. And tell somebody you're glad they're here. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. All right. We want to welcome everyone to Hill Country Cowboy Church this morning. Praise the Lord. I love new songs. Uh, of course, that second one, the only thing I caught out of it is I will. Down a little bit on the monitor, please. Way too much monitor. Hallelujah. That's better. Thank you. Glory. You glad to be here this morning? 
How many of you in here would really rather be somewhere else? Nobody want to be fishing this morning? All right, praise the Lord. Somebody had a perfect opportunity right there and say, well, God told us to be fishers of men. Oh, I didn't hear you. You got to say it out, girl. Amen. Well, glory to God. I want to welcome any first-time visitors we have. If this is your first time at Hill Country Cowboy Church, if you would, just raise your hand up real tall so these guys will see you. Praise the Lord. Welcome back, Brother Brent. This is his first time here in a year or so. Amen. Praise God. We're glad he's back. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Men, come back one more time. We are a uh, Bible-believing church. Amen. Amen. One of the things we believe in is giving unto the Lord because he's given unto us, right? Amen. Hallelujah. So if you need tithe and offer an envelope, if you would, uh, raise your hand. These gentlemen will put one in it. Hallelujah to Jesus. You can be turning in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11. Gentlemen, come back one more time. We also believe as a, as a Bible-believing church, we believe in miracles. Matter of fact, a, a miracle is standing before you this morning. You can also look to the person to your right or left and you can see another miracle. How many of you would agree with that? Amen. So if you need a prayer request card, you need something to, well, we need to pray over you about something, anything in your life that you need, if you're not going to the Lord with it, you're not going to get it. You can't just sit back and hope. You got to ask. The Bible says ask and you'll be given. Seek and you'll find. Amen. So if you need a prayer request card, these gentlemen will give you one. Hallelujah to Jesus. Proverbs chapter 11, verse number 24. It says, there is one who scatters, yet increases more. And there is one who withholds more than is right, but, is led to pro but it leads to poverty. I don't know about you, but I'm a scatterer. Is that a word? <laughs> a scatterer? <laughs> I love scattering seed, but I scatter it in good soil. Amen. See, if you don't scatter it in good soil, it's not going to produce anything. I mean, you know, if you throw seed out on a rock, it's not going to go anywhere. But you can throw it into the good soil of the kingdom of heaven, and it will produce in your life. Can I get an amen? amen. Well, let's stand and give unto the Lord. I got an offer in here somewhere. There it is. That's what happens when my wife is back there. You want to hold it while I pray over it? All right. Good, good, good man. Hold your offering in your hand. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come into your house and worship you like we did in song and, and with our hands raised, Lord. But we also thank you for the opportunity to worship you with our tithes, our gifts, and our offerings. Father, we ask you to receive it and multiply it to the spreading of your gospel and multiply it back into the households of the givers. And we'll give you all praise and all glory in Jesus' name. And all the believers said, amen. amen. You may be seated.
Yes, sir, I do. Thank you. It might be a day or two old, but we got it, buddy. I never drank. Uh, yeah, you may be seated. Sorry. <laughs> got distracted by my little helper. Amen. I think he got tied up this morning looking at the little donkeys, the miniature donkeys, and kind of pastor went to the back, back burner. But that's okay. You got my water last the other day, so I've got plenty. Praise God. All right. Let's release our children. All right. Look at this. Everybody running now. See what you got started, Sawyer? He says, Dad, don't hold me back. I got to go, brother. Amen. Stretch your hand out toward these young people. Father, we thank you that all these young people are learning the word of God back there. They love the Lord Jesus Christ, and they love each other. They love having a great time. We got some preachers back there, I know. We got some evangelists back there, I know. We got some prayer warriors back there, I know. And I thank you, Father God, that you complete the work in their lives that you've started. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Hallelujah. My bride, she's in the back, so I've I got to wait for her. Do we have announcements this morning? Praise the Lord. All right, tomorrow night, guys, man up. Yeah. What time? Six o'clock. Amen. And I think we're going to finally finish the, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the teaching we started a year ago. <laughs> you know, it was a six-week teaching. Amen. So we're going to finally finish that midweek service at 7 o'clock. Y'all come on out. We're talking about, uh, we're, we're right in the middle of the, the 1,050 New Testament commands. Amen. How many of you in here knew that there was 1,050 of them? People say, well, the Ten Commandments has been done away with. Yeah, but you got 1,050 more. Amen. So come on out on Wednesday and you'll learn what those are. We, we dive a little deeper into the word on Wednesday nights. Amen. Uh, youth night is also the, uh, on Wednesday night. Amen. Sister to sisters on the following night, on Thursday night. I, I, I can't remember the teaching that y'all are doing, but I know it's got to be good. Amen. We got some of the smartest women I was fixing to say, I was a test, guys. How many of you passed? <laughs> yeah, Ed's got his arms folded. He forgot it. He just went right by him. Amen. All right, the fifth Sunday fellowship will be April the 30th. Mark it on your calendars. We're going to have a Mexican food buffet. Amen. And then uh, we're on uh, May the 13th, right that, right that date is down as well. Uh, Miss, uh, Mr. Tim and Miss Amanda, y'all, where you at? Uh, wave at us, there they are. They are, we're going to have new couples ministry starting. Amen? Yeah. All you couples, y'all excited about that? Yeah. Amen. We're going to have a fun day out. Are we going to still play golf? Well, I, see, you don't have to blow it, brother. Yeah. We're going to play golf. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, bring your golf cart. Amen. 
So we're going to do that on the 13th. Y'all ready for that? Yes. All right. Well, praise the Lord. Y'all ready for a message? Yes. All right. Do I need to uh, do, I saw this calendar. Y'all have those out there? Okay, good. Hey, I've got to check. She's normally sitting right there. Give me all kind of signs. That means we need somebody to take her place in that sound booth. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let me move on. So she don't fuss at me after church. <laughs> she don't fuss. Anyway, you know, how many of you know your pastor's just a real guy? Yeah. Amen. And sometimes I just let things come out of my mouth that probably don't need to come out. But, you know, it just does anyway. So uh, hopefully all of you can forgive me. Amen? Amen? Let's be turning in our Bibles really quickly to First Chronicles. First Chronicles chapter number 12. I don't dive too much into the Old Testament every once in a while. But this one scripture uh, was really relevant to today's teaching. How many of you, well, I mean, let me just say this. I won't ask you if you believe it or not. Let me just say this. God gives every church messages, particularly for that body, okay? I told y'all uh, uh, over a year ago that God was moving us, and I really thought we were moving into the uh, book of Revelation where God would start dealing with his church. He's still dealing with the world. But we are so close, guys, to the end that if you want to know where we're at in the Bible, you need to read Revelations chapter 1 through 3. And you'll know where we're at. Because God is dealing with his church right now. He's, he's, like I say, he's dealing with the world, but he's dealing with us. So when preparing for this Sunday message, of course, I'm always seeking to teach on what is relevant to the times in which we're living. Amen. And in seeking what the Lord wanted me to teach on this week, he said, I want you to teach on discernment. Discernment. Discernment just means to understand what's going on around you. Understand what's going on in your life. What, understand what's going on in the world. So I want to talk this morning to you about the importance of discerning the times. The importance of discerning the times. It is so important, my brothers and sisters, that you and I understand what time it is. I'm not talking about what natural time it is. I'm talking about what time it is in the realm of the spirit. Where are we on God's timeline? What's happening in our earth right now, in the earth right now? Why is there so much turmoil? Why are the sounds of war getting louder and louder? Why are people becoming more intolerant of one another? What's going on in the spirit realm? Why are people becoming violent? We're seeing so much violence in the world now. What's with all these plagues that we're nowadays we're having? What's with the famine that is already spreading throughout the, the world? 
Why are, all we, why are we seeing all these things taking place right now? I think you all know the answer. We're near the time. We're near the time of Jesus coming back. Amen. Jesus is ready to come. All he's waiting for is a nod from the dad. Hallelujah. And I know I've already taught on end times, so we're not going to rehash all the teachings on end times. Now, you can go to our archives on our website, and you can download those messages, and I encourage you to do so. Uh, in the meantime, you can just read uh, Matthew chapter 24. Because in that chapter, the disciples asked Jesus, how will we know the end is coming? And he told them. So if you don't want to know what to look for, just read Matthew 24. And you'll see what's going on in our world right now. And the way people are acting. I want to say it like this. Sometimes when I see the way people act, I would think that they really did come from monkeys. But we didn't. Amen. But sometimes the way we act, you would think that, wouldn't you? Amen. But what we're seeing right now is exactly what Jesus said we would see. He said all these things that we're dealing with, the things we see happening would be right before his coming. In other words, we don't have much time left. So if you don't know Jesus this morning, if you're watching by live stream this morning and you do not know Jesus Christ, I implore you, uh, or better yet, I beg you, get your life right with the Lord. Amen. It's amazing how short time is. We just uh, laid to rest one of the brothers that went to this church. He went to this church and suddenly... Yeah, he had been having some issues in his life. Hey, we all have a sickness and disease attack us. But when talking to his wife, she said he was getting better. And then all of a sudden, he's just gone. Look at the one next to you. Hallelujah. We're not promised tomorrow. We ought to live like that, guys. That's what I'm talking about, discerning the times, too. It's not just discerning the time of Jesus coming. Discerning the, discern the times to make sure that even the Christians are living right. Amen. Hallelujah. Get your life right with the Lord. We are literally, my brothers and sisters, that close. And again, I know I've been saying that for a long time now, but guess what? I'm going to keep saying it until the Lord raptures me out of here. Because it is my job to get everybody ready. And it is your job to make sure you're ready. It's your job to make sure your family's ready. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. amen. That's why even as believers... We need to discern the times in which we're living. Because if people would just discern the time to be a short time, then many of them would change the way they live. Many of them would change the way they act toward one another. Amen. Amen. Time is short. But if they don't discern the times they're living in, they'll just remain the same. And their lifestyle, 
listen to me, may get them left behind. See, there's going to be a rapture. And we need to live rapture ready. Can I get an amen to that? How many of you would agree that discerning the times is very, very important in your life? Two people. Thank you. So, for those two and the rest of you, let's uh, look here in uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 12. And we'll just look at one verse. 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse number 32. It says, And of the sons of uh, Issachar, who had understanding of the times, underline that in your Bible, to know what Israel ought to do. Their chiefs were 200, excuse me, and all their brethren were at their command. Notice the sons of Issachar had a unique, a very unique gift. It says they could understand or discern the times in which they were living. And because they could understand the times in which they were living, it says they were able to help rescue the children of Israel. If you discern the times, you will help not only rescue yourself, but you will help rescue someone else. Can I get an amen? amen. Notice it says they understood the times. And notice because they understood the times, it says they knew Turn to your neighbor and say, you need to know. It says they knew what to do. Hallelujah. Looking at the world we're living in right now, do you discern the times? Do you discern what God is telling you to do? Do you discern all the adjustments that you need to make in your life? Are you aware that the times are short? Are you aware that God is attempting to move in your life? Are you discerning these things? You see, the sons of Issachar were actually old, the Old Testament saints. And although the Holy Spirit, and I've taught you on this, although the Holy Spirit did not dwell in anyone back then, it came on them to give them a gift to see them what was coming. Because they saw what was coming, they was able to help save their, their people. Amen. Well, bless God, how many of you know you got the Holy Ghost living on the inside of you? Amen. He don't have to come on you, he's in you. We have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. The Bible tells us that in John chapter 16, verse 13, you don't have to turn there. It says that the Holy Spirit will show you and I of the things to come. He'll show us. We just got to be looking. We got to be discerners of the time. In other words, he will keep us aware of what's going on and give us understanding on what to do. Listen to me. As long as our heart stays open to his counsel and we're obedient to what he tells us. I've had instances in my life when I'd be asking God something looking for guidance, and he, you know what he'd tell me? Do what I already told you to do. Do that and then come on back. See, a lot of times we wanted the plan B. He's given us plan A, but then we want plan B because we didn't like plan A in the first place. So we go to him again and say, you know, do you have a second opinion? 
He's got one opinion. That's his word. Hallelujah. See, if God gave the sons of his car supernatural insight so they would know what to do, how many of you know he will give you and I supernatural insight as well? So we'll know what to do. And if we know what to do, how many of you believe we ought to be doing it? Three of you. Okay. Come on, class. Y'all got to be bigger than that. Amen. If you know what to do, you ought to be doing it. See, if we know what to do, we ought to be doing it. Uh, you know, and when we do what we know we ought to be doing, guess what? You're not going to waste as much time. Anytime I'm out of the word of God and I'm not doing what God's telling me to do, I'm wasting my time. And I've wasted a lot of it in my day. But no longer. I want to grow. I want to be better than I was yesterday. Amen? See, we've got to be obedient. If I discern the time and I discern the coming of the rapture is imminent, if I discern that the trumpet could sound at any moment, I mean, listen, even the world knows something's going on. Even the world can see what's happening around the earth and they can know that something serious is about to happen. Right now, the world is on the threshold of World War III. Nations are posturing for nuclear conflict. I heard the other day that somebody's already uh, fired one ICBM missile. I don't know what happened to it. I didn't want to read it and I didn't hear it, so I knew it didn't kill nothing around me anyway. But they're already firing missiles, testing their nuclear capabilities. And you may say, well, they've been doing that for years. But yeah, but not with the attitude this world's got right now. The Bible says there'll be wars and rumors of wars. We're right on the edge of it. Amen. See, I, something's got to intervene, guys. We are so close to destroying each other, something's got to intervene on our behalf. And you know what that something's going to be? The rapture. God has promised us we will not suffer what's coming. Amen. I should have got a whole lot more amens in there. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, I'm not going to be here. How about you? Amen. So what he's trying to tell us is if we really discern the time in which we're living, would we be wasting so much of our time doing the things we know we should not be doing? Or would we spend more of our time on the things that matter eternally? Would we spend more time on the eternal things than we do on the petty things of this life? See, every one of us have to ask ourselves that. And we need to grow up. We need to put our big boy britches on. Quit letting little bitty conflicts bother us. Amen? Listen, and when I say we need to stop doing the earthly thing, I'm not talking about natural things like going on vacation, going to ball games, going to the lake, going fishing. I love to do all those things, and God enjoys his children having fun. How many of you know that? So I'm not talking about you locking yourself in your prayer closet reading your Bible all day, and the time you're not reading, you're just, you're praying. That's not what I'm talking about. 
I'm talking about you walking with the Lord all the, all the time. I'm talking about you discerning the hour in which we're living. I'm talking about your heart being toward, turned toward God, looking for direction in your life. I'm talking about you no longer being connected to, with some of the activities you've been involved with. That none of that stuff really seems to matter to you anymore. Can I get an amen? But what really matters is obeying God. What really matters is hearing from him. What really matters is being about his business, not mine. Amen. Jesus lived his entire life that way. He said, I must be about my father's business. And we've come to that place, my brothers and sisters, that we need to be about our father's business. Can I get you to say amen to that? Discerning the times, not only for you and I to live ready, but so we can teach and reach other people as many as possible, to save them as many as possible. Amen? There's some people on this earth that they may not get saved if, it didn't, if you don't do anything. Now, I, I just hit home. I just come up on your porch. There's family members in some of our lives that may not get saved if I never, if I never, let's just use me, if I never open my mouth. Brother Jake talked about it this morning. It's some of those, one of the hardest things that any of us have to do is open our mouth and tell somebody about Jesus. To intervene in those conversations we hear when we hear what they're saying and we know by the conversation they have that they are lost. Are we going to step in at that time? Are we going to tell them the truth? Are we going to sow a seed of life and love? All we got to do is sow the seed. We don't, we don't stand around there and watch to see if it's going to grow. But we got to sow the seed. Hallelujah, we got to be about the Father's business. Nobody knows the exact hour that Jesus is coming except for God. But we can discern the signs of the times. Jesus himself said, when we see certain things happening, know that the end is near. Well, if we discern the times and we really believe that he's coming, don't you think we would want to live more like God? Don't you think our focus, the focus of our life would be more on living to please him than living to please ourselves? Hallelujah. I can get as many as amens as I expected this morning, but that's okay. You're just all listening, right? You're just sitting up on the edge of your chairs. Hallelujah. See, if we truly discern that the rapture was near, Guys, don't you think our priorities would change? Don't you think we would pray for our neighbors that may not know the Lord? Don't you think we would pray for more of our family members that may not know him? If we really discerned that the rapture could take place at any moment, wouldn't we refocus our priorities in life? I believe I would. I believe most of us in here are going to. Amen? Did you know that every child of God has the ability to discern the times? See, discernment just isn't for the, the gifted few. Every one of us 
who are born again and have the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of us can discern what's going on. Amen. He said, well, uh, you can be turning to Luke chapter 12. Hallelujah. He said, well, pastor, you know, I'm really not discerning what's going on. I mean, uh, everything seems to be going okay with me. Well, maybe you're just too wrapped up in the natural. Maybe you're just too busy with life. Maybe you're just not spending enough time in prayer. We know prayer is relationship with God. You get along with him, he'll talk to you about what's going on. So maybe you're not just spending just not spending enough time in prayer. Are you really asking God to show you of things to come? Brothers and sisters, I can tell you, with what's happening on this earth right now, it really does not take a whole lot of spirituality to know that something serious is about to happen. Amen. Amen. Look at this in Luke chapter number 12, verse number 49. This is our Lord and Savior speaking. He said, I came to send fire on the earth and how I wish it were already kindled. But I have a, a baptism to be baptized with and how distressed I am till it is accomplished. Do you suppose that I came to give peace on earth? I tell you, not at all, but rather what? Division. Notice Jesus didn't say he came to bring peace. Now, when he comes back in the new millennium, which is the last thousand years on this earth, before the new heaven and new earth, there will be peace. Why? Because he'll be in charge. Amen. Man will no longer be in charge. Jesus Christ will. He said, you think I'm walking on this earth right now to bring you peace? He said, think again. That's not why I'm here. He is the Prince of Peace. But, for, but the thousand years of peace comes after, listen to me, after the tribulation period. It comes after the church is raptured. After the church is raptured, there's going to be a seven year uh, of tribulation. Jesus himself says it's going to be something you've never seen before or will ever see again. I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, you do not want to be here. You do not want to be here. Somebody say amen. amen. Why? Because the wrath of God is going to be poured out like you've never seen it before. During that short period of time, two-thirds of the earth's population will die. Two-thirds. That is billions, not millions, billions of people that will die in that seven-year period. Read your Bible. At the end of those seven years, the devil and all other demons will be bound and thrown into a place called hell that burns with fire and brimstone. Then those of us, everybody wave your hand. Then those of us that went in the rapture are going to come back with Jesus. Gibby says we'll mount up on horses. Amen. We're going to come back with Jesus. And we're going to rule and reign with him for a thousand years. Amen. That's when the earth will experience perfect peace. 
And then the Bible says at the end of those thousand years, God releases the devil and his demons to gather all that didn't like living under Jesus' rule. And there'll be millions or billions of them. They'll be like sands of the sea. And they'll go throughout the earth deceiving many to rebel against God. And there'll be a great army that rises up against God. And of course, we know by this reading the scriptures that he wipes every one of them out. And then there's going to be a great white throne judgment of the lost. You won't be there, praise God. And the rest of us throughout, will live, uh, the rest of us are going to live with Jesus throughout eternity. Praise God. And if you don't know any better, I just summarized Revelation for you. So now you don't have to read it. Amen. But listen, everything I just said will, not maybe, but will take place. And we're right there. We're, we're there, guys. Jesus could come before I finish this message. Are you ready? Amen. You look at what happened, it's happening in Israel right now. They already have the plans in process to build the third temple. If you know your Bible, you know the temple does not get built until the tribulation starts. But they have the plans and they're moving forward with it right now. If you, if you, if you look at any of the news, the five red heifers are already there. Anybody know what the red heifers are needed for? They, tell you they burn them as a burnt offering and then they take the ashes and mix them with water and they cleanse all the furniture, then they cleanse the high priest. That's what they use for the cleansing process. Amen. All that's happening right now, even as we speak. My point is everything other than the timing is done. And right now in the midst of all that, we're seeing all the events of Matthew 24 coming to pass. This is called discernment, my brother and sister. It don't take a lot of spirituality to discern what's going on. But because we do discern these things, we should be getting closer to God, not further away from Him. And I don't know about you, but I want to be more discerning. Turn over to Romans 13. Praise the name of the Lord. Romans chapter 13. And I realize there are those in here, or maybe not in here, that people who don't want to hear what I'm teaching you today. Those that think everything's going fine, Pastor. I got plenty of money in the bank. Got a new car, new house. Everything looking good in my life. So I don't really need to hear how you're telling me I need change. Bible says it'd be harder for a rich man to get into heaven than it will for a camel to go through an eye of a needle. Just a thought. And listen, I'm not being critical of those folks, guys, but they have no discernment. In other words, they don't have a clue what's going on. All their blessings are wrapped up in their pocketbook. And all the stuff they have. Yeah. All right, let me move on. Let's look at this in Romans chapter 13. 
How many of you know this is Paul speaking to the church? Nobody? Okay. This is Paul speaking to the church. <clears throat> this is, uh, let me make it, let me hit home. Let me come up on your porch. This is Paul speaking to everybody in this room. This is Paul speaking to everyone that's watching me by live stream this morning. Now you got a picture? Yes. Amen. Turn your neighbor and say, he's talking about you now. You better pay attention. <clears throat> Romans chapter 13, verse number 11. It says, and do this. Look at this. Next. Knowing the time. That now it is high time to wake out of your sleep or out of sleep. For now, everybody say now. now. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Listen to me, guys. That one statement right there says salvation is what? Nearer. Oh, I thought we were already saved. Your salvation is not sealed until the rapture. I said, your salvation is not sealed until you're taken. You may have your ticket to go, but it's not sealed until you give your boarding pass and you take your seat. In this, in this case, isn't that what it's saying? Why would it say our salvation is near if we're just, we're, we're saved? And we're just automatic. That's why your preacher has been preaching ever since I've been in behind the pulpit that salvation ain't automatic, guys. Amen. We got to live right. I'm going to show you that in the scripture. Just stay with me. And do this. It's, he's talking to you. Do this. Knowing the time that now it is high time you awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than we ever first believed. Some of us in here have been saved a long time. And we've heard that Jesus was coming soon. We heard it way back then. How many of you heard it way back then? Amen. Well, if we heard it way back then, how many of you in here would think that now is sooner than then? So if it was soon, if it was near back then, it's really near now. Are you getting my point? So he's telling us, if you know it's sooner now than when you first believed, then don't you think it's high time you wake up? That you wake up to what's going on in this world. That you wake up to what's even going on in your own life. To wake up to your spiritual condition, not your natural condition, your spiritual condition. To wake up to the fact that may, you may have become complacent toward the things of God. That you don't read your Bible enough. You don't, read, you don't pray enough. You're just going through the motions. Amen. And that's okay. I'm not saying you're not saved if you do that. I'm just saying if you want to guarantee your uh, boarding pass, it's, it's always good to keep moving forward. Don't, sit, don't, don't think it's okay. Don't think you're okay. Amen. Isn't that the safe bet? That some of us might have become complacent toward the things of God. That we need to wake up so you, we can allow God to help us make the changes we may need to make in our lives. That there's some Christians that just need to fall on their knees before God and say, Father, I need your help. Help me to know the signs of the times. 
Help me to know what I should, how I should be living. Help me, Lord, to discern the truth. Look at this in, uh, look at verse 11 in the Amplified. Just look at the monitors. This is so good. Romans 13, 11, Amplified Bible says, besides this, you know what a critical hour this is. How many of you in here know that we're living in a critical hour? Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. We ought, that ought to get us excited, right? That ought, if that's making anybody in here afraid, you need to check yourself. Mm-hmm. Let's move on, Pastor. Hallelujah. Besides this, you know what a critical hour this is, how it is high time. I like that's Texas talk. Now that how it is high time now for you to wake up out of your sleep. Now watch this to rouse to reality for salvation, your final deliverance. Listen to me now, your final deliverance is nearer to us now than we when we first believed, adhered to, trusted in, and relied on Christ, the Messiah. Listen, your pastor had to do a little checking. I want to make sure that I'm 100% right all the time. That's why I tell you that uh, there's times in my life when I just ask God to forgive me. Even if I know, I don't know if I've even done anything wrong. <laughs> Lord, forgive me. Because I might have stepped on somebody's toes today. I might have said the wrong thing. That's one of the reasons I don't do a lot of texting. Because there's no personality that goes with a text. It's just words. Is anybody in here hearing me? When you want to talk to me, call me up. I want to hear your voice. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Let's move on. Praise God. All right. Amen. I am preaching. I'm preaching a whole lot better than y'all shouting. <clears throat> so he's telling us here. He said, listen, if you know the hour is near, and that was 2,000 years ago that this was written, that Paul wrote this, 60-something 60, 60 A.D., right after Christ was crucified. It's almost 2,000 years ago. How much nearer? Is the hour today. I believe when God made the earth in seven days, that when he made, started and made, that, uh, made the earth, he started a prophetic timetable on how long things were going to go on. And let me tell you something, brothers and sisters, we're at the end of that 6,000 years or the end of the sixth day. Remember, the seventh day is a day of rest. Are you hearing what I'm saying? A day is just a thousand years, and a thousand years is a day. We're fixing to enter into the seventh day of the millennium. Are you hearing me? Yep. Praise God. Hallelujah. So anyway, <laughs> the seventh day is a day of rest, which I believe to be the thousand-year millennium. <clears throat> so 6,000 years have come and gone. And the only thing that returns before Jesus Christ can come back in the second coming is what? 
Everybody say the rapture. See, he comes at the end of the seven-year tribulation period. So the only thing that has not happened prophetically is the rapture of the church. Hallelujah. I just got a new car. <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen, if people really discern this to be the truth, I'm not being ugly, but if all Christians really discern this to be the truth, would they not live differently? Would we still get into petty arguments with one another? Would we ever go to bed on unforgiveness? No, <laughs> amen. We wouldn't do that. We wouldn't argue with our neighbor, we'd pray for him. We wouldn't argue with family members, we'd pray for him. I'm talking to the church. We're not supposed to be like the folks out there, guys. God says, come up higher. We're supposed to be above that. Every one of us in here. Am I walking perfectly in that? No, I'm not. But I want to. So I'm preaching to me today, and I appreciate y'all sitting here in here with me. Praise God. But if we really discern this to be the truth, how would people live? Would people wake up? Would they rouse to reality? Will the church wake up? Look at what our churches are doing nowadays. The church needs to wake up. Will Christians, born again, people call themselves Christians, rouse to reality? Will we finally, once and for all, quit sinning? Will we finally, once and for all, make the changes that God wants us to make in our lives? I don't know about you. I can only answer for me. But when you wake up and you discern the hour is near, then we'll all do verses 12 through 14. So let's look at that and we'll see just what a wake-up call looks like to God. Romans chapter 13, verse number 12. Says the night is far spent and the day is what? At hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness. Now you may think that that's just those major sins, you know, that's over in Galatians. But it's also talking about fussing and fighting. It's talking about walking in unforgiveness. It's talking about uh, talking ugly to one another. The Bible says, and this is a commandment that we're talking about on Wednesday nights. It says, let no foul communication come out of your mouth, but only that which edifies the hearer. Amen. Lord spanked me on that. And he said, son, quit letting those things come out of your mouth because it don't edify me. I know I'm the only one in here, right? Well, good, that way we don't have to have an altar call for liars real quick. <clears throat> it says, the night is far spent. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Look at this. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry. How many of you know what that is? 
That's partying. That's going out with your buds, having a few brewskis. Sometimes too many brewskis. Which covers, the next one covers that, drunkenness. Not in strife. Not, I'm sorry, not in revelry and drunkenness. Not in lewdness and lust. Not in strife and envy. Verse 14, but put on. Everybody say put on. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. That's pretty heavy talking, isn't it? Amen. Now I want you to pull up at verse 12 through 14 in the Amplified Bible. Hallelujah. It says, the night is far gone and the day is almost here. Let us then drop, fling away the works and the deeds of darkness and put on the full armor of light. Hallelujah. Notice what the church folk are supposed to be doing. Putting off the deeds of darkness. Putting on the armor of light. Can I get an amen? amen? Verse 13. Look at this. Let us. Let us live and conduct ourselves what? Honorably and becomingly. As in the open light of day. Not in reveling or carousing and drunkenness. Not in immorality and debauchery. Sensual, sensuality and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. So you see, he's telling us to get all that junk out of our life. Look at verse 14. But clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and make no provision for indulging the flesh. Put a stop to thinking about evil cravings of your physical nature to gratify its desires or its lusts. Notice who he says has to put it off. Thank you. Got one person there paying attention. It says you put a stop to these things. Not God doing it for you. Those folks out there, none of them in here, I know, those folks out there thinks God's in charge of everything. He's just going to wave a magic wand over you and just make everything right in your life. Guess what? You need a Bible. You need to read your Bible. We got to do it. We got to crucify our flesh. We got to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And when I put on the Lord Jesus Christ and I keep him on, now, some of us, and I'm guilty of this, I've put him on, and then something irritates me, and I take him off, put him over at the side so I can give somebody a piece of my mind. Then after they give me my change, amen, after me giving them two cents and they give me a penny back, then after I repent, I can put the Lord Jesus Christ back on. We need to keep him on. Don't shout me down now just because I'm preaching good. We need to put him on and keep him on. It says, but clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. If you put something on, guess what? It fits you. Amen? And it don't fit baggy. Or you can stuff all kinds of junk in your pockets. Hallelujah. Notice it's you and me putting, that has to put a stop to it. God's not going to do it for us. 
Why? Because we should be discerning the time for ourselves. I can't discern the time for my bride. She can't discern the time for me. I can't discern the time for any of you. You got to discern the time in your life. And you do that for one reason and one reason only, and that's for you to know what you need to do. Amen. Listen to me. If you think you have plenty of time left, you will not do anything about what I just read. It'll just go in one ear, like your mama said. It'll just go in one ear and out the other. You'll not do anything. But if you discern the hour that's in your life, if you discern that your time is short, you won't worry about that other person. Amen? You'll heed God's word. And then you'll make the changes that you need to make in your life. Can you say amen to that? Now, turn over to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. See, God never gives us a, a commandment that he don't give us help doing it. How many of you know that? He'll always give you help if you want help. How many of you want help getting doing, being better than you are today? Amen. Every hand should have went up. I know some of them just went up in the spirit because you're kind of just shy. Don't want to put your hand up. Don't want, to, don't want everybody here to know that you're listening. Amen. Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 12. He gives us everything we need to discern. It says, for the word of God is living and powerful. Underline that in your Bible. It is living and powerful. It is living and powerful. And it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of your soul and your spirit. And of the joints and the marrow, now look at this, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. There are two things that are required by God if you're going to be a discerner of things to come. Number one, we talked about it earlier, and I'm going to repeat it, is the Holy Spirit. If you're not saved, you'll never discern. Never. What God has for you. You might discern the times in, 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 in what's going on in the world, but see, when you discern the times in the world and you're not saved, you know what it's going to do? It's going to put fear on you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Hey, how many of you ever been, been in church? Well, I, I, I'm fixing to date myself. Don't know. There might be a few in here. <clears throat> Around the turn of the century, year 2000, everybody thought the world was coming to an end. Churches were full. You know why? Fear. Fear that they wouldn't make it. Six months later, fear's gone. Church houses go back to normal. It's happened every time something serious happened. Amen. You need to come to God because you love him. Not because you're afraid of what's fixing to happen on this planet. If you come to God because you, you love him and you want something better in your life, then you'll start doing the things that it takes for you to get there. You cannot have a relationship with your Lord without reading his word. 
Amen. Holy Spirit. <laughs> I'm about to get a preach on me now, but it's almost oh, time to go. Hallelujah. So the first thing he gives us is the Holy Spirit. John 16, 13. It says, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not, look at this now, he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. Look at this. And he will tell you what? Of things to come. How many in here won't know what's coming? So the Holy Spirit will tell us of things to come and he will lead us to do what? To make adjustments in our life so we live ready. Amen. <clears throat> but here's the kicker, guys. We gotta have ears to hear. You gotta have ears to hear what the Lord is telling you, but then the other thing kicker is you gotta do it. Listen, Jonah, he's not gonna tell you anything but go to Nineveh. So if you're looking for a plan B like I did for a long time, just quit looking. He's already told you what to do. Amen. You got to have ears to hear, and then we got to do what he tells us. Now, notice what it says in verse number 12, and I'm moving on. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Hallelujah. It says, he will not speak of his own, on his own authority, but whatever he hears... He will speak. So what he's telling you and I, that the Holy Spirit will always tell you what lines up with God's word. The Holy Spirit will only ever speak to you what lines up with God's word. So don't ask him, should I stay married to this man? <laughs> Unless you're ready for the answer. I'm just trying to lighten it up. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody type LOL. <laughs> Hallelujah. He will always speak what lines up with God's word, which brings me to the second thing that helps us be a discerner, and that's the word of God. Notice he said that the word of God is the discerner. So if there's no word in you, thank you, sister. If there's no word in you, you cannot discern what God wants you to do. Because his discernment will always line up with his word. That's why we are a word church. And if you want to grow in the Lord in this building, you need to bring a Bible. Because you need to mark it up. You need to start marking your Bible up and then going home and just double checking. And maybe get you two or three study Bibles. Depending on how, how, how fast you want to change in your life. Everybody turned to your neighbor and said, there is no magic wand. Growing in the Lord. Help me now. Help me, church. Growing in the Lord means work. W-O-R-K. Hallelujah. Thank you, Miss Rita. Hallelujah. See, when we know the Word of God, you'll be able to discern what's right and what is not right. How many of you know that? In other words, when we know the Word of God, 
We don't have to pray about it. A lot of people say, well, I, I won't know what you want me to do, Lord. I'm just going to pray about it. No, get into his word and he'll tell you what to do. We don't have to pray about it, what we need to do. Because God's word has already told us. If you've been going to this church long enough, I've preached enough, you know what to do. Amen. Amen. What do you do? Everybody say, do the word. word. Which part? All of it. See, we have to be willing to listen to God, and then we have to be willing to do what he tells us to do. Can I get an amen? Now, what I am endeavoring to do to, with this morning, guys, is teach you to be a better discerner. Amen. What do you discern in this last hour? You don't have to tell me that there's a rhetorical question. What do you discern in this last hour? What do you discern about your life? What do you discern about what God is dealing with you about? He says, I've given you my Holy Spirit to guide you. He says, I'm trying to show you of things to come. He said, I'm giving you my word to help you live ready. He says, do my word. Do my word. Do my word. Are you with me? What did I just say? (laughs) Here we go. The Bible says three witnesses. I just gave you all three of them. All said the same thing. Now, I've got one more scripture, and then we'll close. Turn over to 1 Peter chapter 1. It'll be about my man over there. He's ready. He's always, he's always on point. Praise God. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 15. Say amen when you're there. It says, but as he who called you is holy. Look at this. I told you I was going to tell you what you need to be doing. But as he who has called you is holy, you also be unholy. No, you also be holy. In some of your conduct. All your conduct. Even that conduct that... You think the pastor can't see you. Amen? Be holy in all your conduct. Why? Because it is written, be holy for I am holy. What are you to be? Holy. Look at verse 17. And if you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's work, Uh, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Jesus as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Notice he says right here to be holy as I am holy. And then he tells us all, this is how you're supposed to conduct your life. Not only this week, but what did it say? Throughout your entire stay here. As long as you're on this planet, this is how you're to conduct your life. It says throughout your time here, you conduct your life in fear. 
That word fear there is not afraid of him hurting you. It is reverence to God and his word. We're to live in reverence to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We're to honor the Lord. We are to honor his word. And we are to honor what he tells us to do. Amen? Amen. All right. So that's why we're all, uh, that's the way we're all to be living our lives. Always giving honor to the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you with me? My brothers and sisters, this is my last closing. <laughs> Turn your neighbor and say that might or might not mean anything. <laughs> brothers and sisters, when we discern the time in which we're living, listen very close to me. You will choose, we will choose to live in reverent fear of the Lord Jesus Christ. We will choose to be more focused on God's word and less focused on the things of this world. We will choose to be about the Father's business. We will love what God loves and we will hate what God hates. Can anybody tell me what God hates? Sin. He hates sin. And because he hates sin, I hate sin. Amen. We will choose to be about his business. He hates it, I'll hate it. When we love what God loves and we hate what God hates, we will live purposeful lives. Free. Everybody say free. Free of sin. I'm not one of these preachers that says you can sin all you want to. I'm telling you right now, everybody look up at me. You can live free of sin if you want to. The devil can't make you do anything. So don't give me that, what is it, that Fred Sanford thing or whatever, whoever said that. The devil made me do it. Waylon Jennings? Okay, I'm sorry. Devil can't make you do anything. We can live free of sin. Can you say amen? Let's stand to our feet. Praise the Lord. I remember I started this message off this morning saying, God has a message for this church. <laughs> so don't go, <clears throat> don't go home and call your neighbor and say, man, God, my, our pastor had a perfect church, a message for your church. <laughs> Let's work on getting a beam out of our own eye. That way we can see clearly to help somebody else get the speck out of theirs. Can you say amen to that? One of the first things that each of us had to do and that some of us may still need to do in order to discern anything, we need to discern that the time is short and we need to give our life to the Lord Jesus Christ. There could be someone in this building or someone watching my live stream this morning that you're hearing this for the very first time and you know that you're not saved. With every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around, this is a very serious moment, guys. The rapture could take place at any moment. So let's honor and respect the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I ask that you move 
on the hearts of the people listening to me right now, Lord. And that you move on their hearts, Father God, to surrender their life to you. If you're in this place right now, the Bible says that we are to openly confess the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you're in this room or you're watching by live stream this morning and you want to give your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, either for the first time or you want to rededicate your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, I want you to slip a hand up and put it right back down. The Lord sees those hands. With every head raised and every eye opened, I want to boldly say that God saw every hand that was raised, not only in this room, but the hands that were raised by live stream. And he's right now going to meet you right where you're at. Let's pray this prayer. Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus is your only begotten Son. I believe he died and rose again. And right now, he's seated in heaven with you, waiting on you to tell him to come back. Jesus Christ, come into my heart. Change me from the inside out. Save me, Lord. I want to go in your rapture, but I need your help. Walk with me daily. Show me in your word what you would have me do. Give me discernment, Lord. And when you tell me what to do, I'll do it. In your precious name I pray. Amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering for His Word. It's the Word that saves us. It's the Word that delivers us. Amen. Well, praise God. Last thing we say is that God is always working miracles. Guess who's in next in line for your miracle? I am. Amen. We all are. Amen. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord.